Hey Wes, good to be back with you for Coffee Pods. How are you doing? Yeah, doing okay. Hey, I'm here and uh, ready to go. Awesome. I'm glad you're here. So it's not just me trying to go ahead and do it on my own. Um, and a big welcome to those of you who are joining us again this week uh, or this month to listen to Coffee Pods. We've had such an exciting month of events, um, prayerful opportunities, uh, lots of ministry opportunities. It's just so wonderful, isn't it? Um, you know, to just be so um, involved in what God is doing. It's such an honour. Um, and as we minister, uh, we do get questions, don't we, of our own. We get questions coming through from people from events, thoughts. And that's really what this Coffee Pods uh, series is about. It's about looking at some of those questions, the whys, the hows, the what, things like that. And so today, Wes, I thought it'd be good for us um, just to think about the journey we've been taking as ACORN into relation, you know, the relation between wholeness and well-being. And something mm-hmm. you said previously on a Coffee Pod episode, I think it was, um, you mentioned about uh, we can get into a groove uh, in our ministry, in life, and then that can kind of become a rut as it goes further, possibly becomes a bit of a trench. <laughs> um, what do you mean by that? It'd be helpful just to pull that apart a little bit. Uh, yeah, great, uh, great question. Because, um, you know, it, it's really funny, isn't it, that, that life just happens. Hmm. And, and if we could identify, um, you know, this is a moment of incredible change. And I'm going to, whatever decision I make now is going to have far-reaching um you know implications for mm. the future but often life isn't like that do you mean you're just putting one foot in front of the other trying yeah. to sort of work out which way to go and of course it's the old sailing analogy isn't it that if you are um three degrees off cross um in the first 10 feet of your journey you won't notice it mm. but put 100 miles on that and that three degrees it can be a huge gap between where you wanted to be and where you end up being. So there's a a thing, Lisa, which really interested me. And Psalm 1 starts like this. It says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law. He meditates day and night. So what really interested me was the thing where it says walk, stand, sit. Because if you think about it, um, if you're walking and then something makes you stop, you end up standing. Yeah. And if you stay standing long enough, something's going to make you stay there and Mm. you end up sitting. And of course, just for all those who are going to want to just extend my theology, yes, there is a thing in Ephesians where it rolls back the the sitting sitting with Christ, standing in the armor of God, and walking in love with with one another. So we've got that. So it was the journey, the walk, the stand, the sit. So I was thinking about this idea about the groove. And on a record, on the old vinyl things, that's for all of those of you who are young and only have sort of iPods or, uh, you know, uh, phones. But a vinyl record has grooves in it and the needle just gets the groove. And that's how it gets the music out. Beautiful music. The groove's not that deep. 
In fact, yeah. it's so fine that uh, the slightest jog can 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 move it off track. And in fact, sometimes we used to put um, a, a little um, coin on top of the head of the uh, the player just to keep it in the groove. And the groove's great. It's it's a bit like the sweet spot of life where you know who you are and what God is doing in you all just come together, and you mm. think, yeah, this is like. You know, it's like a following wind. You're just being carried into it. And they're great moments. And we go through um, moments like that, you know, where we are aware that we're being led somewhere, that God is working. And, and, and in ministry, that's wonderful. And you think, if only I could ever just stay here. <laughs> Every day it could be like this. But then, of course, the rut is a little bit deeper. And, and in fact, just where we um, live, um, there's, a, there's a walk through uh, the woods and, and it, you have to take a particular track just to get through the section because there isn't much space either side. And clearly what was a level path at one point is now a sort of a rut of about six inches mm. because everybody's walked it and it's the only place you could get it. In fact, you know, it, it, it is, is such a big, deep groove that there's nowhere else to go. Yeah. And so there are times when in, in ministry and in life, um, the thing that was a delight to us has become a bit of a habit. Mm. It's just the way we do things. Um, and I've noticed that prayer ministry can get a bit like that. You know, we have our way of doing it. And mm. so unfortunately, one of the difficult things is that we can slip into treating everyone the same because they're in our rut. Yeah. And, and it's, and if, you know, if you ever ride, ride a bike and try to cycle out of a rut, it's really difficult because it, it, it resists you. And so there's a thing there where instead of passion, we have repetition. We're just doing the mm. same thing uh, again. Um, familiarity has replaced faith. Yeah. You know, I, we got a way of doing it. Okay. So, we sort of just think, if I keep in this rut, maybe I'll find a way out. Mm. But, but, of course, you keep plowing into it. And then, of course, there's the trench, and you got the idea. Um, a trench is a deep, deep, deep groove <laughs> rut that you can't see over the top mm. because you're now so literally entrenched in this. You're so deep uh, into it. Um, and it's it's almost a place like where you've sort of dug in. You thought, well, okay, not I'm not it's not that I'm not being led it's not that I can't find a way out what's the point yeah. and so you know a bit of a defensive position and habit mm. has lost its horizon you can no longer see over the top mm. and see where it where it goes and and in the end you sort of think well I'm stuck there's no way out of this I'll just keep doing this and of course it robs us of joy and so it, it was that sort of journey okay you know when 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 the groove in ministry has become a habit mm. when the place that was a delight has become just a place of duty and we this is the thing we have to do mm. and when that carries on we sort of end up in this trench of being unable to um see the horizon anymore yeah and and actually we we feel a bit locked in to mm. be honest so so that was the sort of thing i was talking about yeah that's really helpful thank you and i do think that that verse from from the psalm actually is a really helpful way. Uh, it, it kind of just shows that this is something people have been dealing with 
beyond mm. now, yeah. <laughs> further back from now. But also, just as you were talking about the groove, the rut and the trench, you were pulling out some of the things that are the, the negative things, you know, like it becomes habit, it locks us in. But it does often feel comfortable still, doesn't it? Oh, very good, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's true in life. We know a lot of the time the things that are holding us back or maybe not, they're not very life-giving, they are still somewhat comfortable or maybe more comfortable than the thought of having to get out. (laughs) Yes, I like that because, you know, very often we can take our identity from the place that we're in. And, Mm. uh, and, you know, there's a... There's a great moment in uh, C.S. Lewis's uh, The Great Divorce where the, the man has got a, a lizard sitting on his shoulder and the lizard is called Lust. And an angel comes up to him and, sa- and takes out his sword and says, I can cut that off for you if you like. Mm-hmm. And the man says, no, 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 I, I've become quite comfortable with it. Yeah. And you know, his identity now is in, is oh. in the thing. And I, I'm sure that's true for, for um, you know, for, for guys in relation to, to pornography or even to some addictions, we become comfortable with the thing because it gives us some identity. And, and you know, a bit like the product, the, the prodigal son and the gathering demoniac, you know, when Jesus turns up, it's the change is like a sharp intake of breath change yeah. because I'm going to be, I'm not going to have this anymore. And I think you're right. In ministry, we can we can find a sort of a false security in it mm. by thinking, well, actually, this is the channel that I'm now in. Yeah. And and actually, you know, the fact that it's just plowing deeper and deeper, we lose sight of that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and so, what what can we do if we do find that we're stuck? Well, there's a great bit of Christian theology that says, "When in a hole, stop digging." You know, <laughs> and and I think I think that that's true. I, I think one of the things that often traps us in life, as well as ministry, is the fact that we lose the ability to see that there's any other possibility. Right. You know, and particularly um, through some periods of church history, um, there was the implicit message that sickness was the thing that you were supposed to put up with because it made you trust God more, therefore you were more holy. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I was talking to somebody, you know, they asked me, how did I get into the healing ministry? And I said, I hate sickness and disease. And they looked at me as I was like, strange, why? I said, because it's, it's, an, it's an insult. It's an, it's an affront to the God who created us. God didn't create humanity and, in Genesis and just say, tell you what, let's put a little bit of sickness in just to make it a little bit, you know, adventurous. He, he made it good. And, mm. and at the end of human history, when the kingdom of heaven comes down, there's no sickness. You know, there is, there's the God who gives life. So... I was just explaining that to them, but very often we can get so used to thinking, well, okay, this is the way it's going to be. Mm. So I think stop digging. You know, you can stop and pause and say, hang on a minute. Is this, is this the place I want to be in, in ministry or or in life? Um, You can do what I call um, returning to your first love Um, in a, in a fee, in the letter to the Ephesians in revelation chapter two, um, the the message that comes from god is is go back and do the your first love you you've yeah. lost your first love go back and do the things and i so i think sometimes in ministry we get ourselves into a, a place where we've lost 
that sense of intimacy and and proximity to God Mm. and it's become okay this is the thing we do on Sunday or on Wednesday Mm. or whatever and I know in our healing hubs they they're always wanting to keep their relationship with Jesus fresh yeah so that it's uh, so I would say go back to your first love and and I probably the other thing I'd say is um and and you know <laughs> bearing in mind in acorn we are reaching out for things hugely <laughs> but do you know uh, return to simplicity yeah you know I, I remember um I remember you know there are times when you pray for people and you you want to get it right Mm. so you you pray everything you can think of and then you pray the things you've made up and then you hope that somewhere <laughs> along the line god's gonna um you know come up with something and say okay i'll sort it out for you yeah but you know i was just reminded at the conference again how the prayers of jesus were really short yeah they were you know and and i i think i want us to go back and explore that and say Maybe we don't need hours and hours and hours of, of prayer ministry mm. if actually we just knew his presence a little bit more, mm. you know. And and so I, I it was that, so it's going back to simplicity, you know, yeah, that's definitely. something that came to me. Yeah, and I think all through those points that you've just brought out, also then sort of go back to the the truth that this is a way of life because it's a relationship, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. It's so true when we, the second point you mentioned about re- returning to your first love, um, I almost see that as like returning to the original source. And if you go to, if you go to that, you're going to be refreshed. You're going to be inspired and let, and it lets God speak to you in a way that you may not have heard if you were still digging, for example. Yeah. And and, and the picture I had as I was thinking about this is, mm. you know, we start in the groove and, you know, Okay, this is me being a little crazy, but you know, we're in our shorts, uh, flip flops, and a Hawaiian shirt. You know, mm-hmm. we're just in the in the sweet spot of live walking. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, we put a coat on, we pick up a rucksack, we put on Wellingtons, we get five hats, we take up another case, and whatever. And by the time we've got further down the road, we've accrued so much other stuff that mm-hmm. wasn't the first call or the first love. Yeah, you know, and we, and we call it responsibility. We call yeah. it being mature, but actually sometimes it's just we're trying to find security in other things. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that moment when um, David is is given Saul's armour to fight Goliath. Yeah. And he says, I can't go in these. Mm-hmm. And so, so I, I wonder sometimes in, in the ministry if we try and wear other people's armour and, and we don't help ourselves and we don't help others. Yeah, gosh, that's all really helpful stuff. Really helpful image as well, actually, because you can start to think of the things that we're picking up, can't you? And and trying to walk down the road with. Um, Okay, so there's some really helpful points if we're feeling stuck. Um, And and how does then God help us work our way? He must help us. (laughs) Oh, yes, he does. I I think the, the one other thing that I was, as I've developed this about the groove and the rut and the trench mm. of course the last one is the grave yeah. you know, i mean that's that's the biggest hole that you, yeah. you, know, you and, and that place where everything seems to have died and it's over sure yeah. and, and i was just reflecting on that as well as how jesus turns up at lazarus's tomb and says i am the resurrection mm. the resurrection is here because jesus is here you know 
And I think there's time when we get into that place where we feel like giving up, that we can turn to God as the resurrection and say, God, not quite I'm a Christian, get me out of here. God, I am your son or your daughter. I've got myself into this place. And, you know, I love the thing about the father. He doesn't say, well, you made your own bed, you lie in it. Mm. As soon as as soon as a child lifts up its arms and says, help, help me, you know, mum and dad come pick them up and carry them. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one of our granddaughters, she, um, she got trapped in a chair with a cat oh. and, and, and the cat wanting to make sure that this little other person was, you know, not taking her place, um, sat at the end of the chair and wouldn't let, uh, <laughs> let her up. And I remember coming into the room and she said, Papa, help me, help me. It's here. It's here. <laughs> and, and with that, I just literally let over and picked her up, li- lifted her above my head. And mm. the cat's looking at me thinking, OK, that didn't work. <laughs> and actually, but that's a lovely picture of the father, the mm. heavenly father. Mm. You can say, help me, help me. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. And he just comes and he sweeps down. And he'll pick us up and lift us up yeah. because he is resurrection and he is life. But there's also another moment um, in uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah's trying to talk to a nation that doesn't want to know. Mm. Uh, and they're saying to God, you know, shove off and everything else. And, and in Jeremiah 6, verse 16, he says, that this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths where the good way is. Seek it and you'll find rest for your souls. And I just think sometimes... What you said a little bit earlier, we just need to go back to the beginning mm. and say, Lord, I just want to go through a course correction here and find out where I got into a thing. Mm-hmm. I'd like to stay in the groove, you know, and, and I know that it's easy to make it a rut and, and a trench. Mm. And, you know, we've all had moments when we ended up in a grave and thought, great, this isn't yeah. the place. So I think we can come back and say, Lord, show me the ancient path take yeah, me back right that's great I like that a lot and I think uh where it says stand at the crossroads and look um mm. I just think sometimes actually we don't do that we we look at like oh my gosh there's everything going on or we're just not aware of it but stand at the crossroads and look in a way that to me feels like a bit of personal evaluation going on mm. in my own life um and, and again it's one of our values isn't it taking responsibility yeah. You know, for our own journey, our own relationship with God. Yeah. There was one thing, and I, I don't know, Lisa, whether this just fits into the coffee pod mode mm. or whatever. But as I was thinking about this, um, my mind in, in, my, in my spirit, I was just led. About, and there's a person listening to this. OK, so I just want okay. you have whatever yeah. time you've got this. And you're caught up in a whole bunch of church activity. And though everybody else thinks it looks great in your own spirit, you're thinking, I hate this. There's no joy. And I just felt that the father would say to you, stop. Mm. Don't explain to anybody else. Just say, I need to stop now. Yeah. And come back and talk with the father. Yeah. And, and the reason many of us don't stop, and that's what I felt God say, but my comment is the reason many of us don't stop is we feel we've got to explain it and justify it. Yeah. And, and that's why I felt the father was just saying to this person, just stop. Yeah. Come find me. So I'll just Thank throw you. that out there. 
Yeah, thank you. Uh, that's awesome. And so, and if that is you, do take that to the Lord. And um, I think it would be good, Wes, just to, as we close, maybe pray. Um, so I'm going to ask you to do that um, and say goodbye. It'd be, uh, thank you so much, Wes. Um, this has been really helpful. And we look forward to seeing some of you very soon. But Wes, please, uh, will you pray? Mm-hmm. Father, as we end this conversation, thank you that you've heard us. Thank you that you know us. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that even in the grave, as we say, Lord, help you swoop down and pick us up and lift us up. And so, Father, I pray for those who are in the groove that we would just know your presence with us. I pray, Lord, that you would keep us in that place of life. Lord, for those that it's become a bit of a rut, Lord, thank you for the nudge to say, step out. Lord, for those for whom it's become a trench and we've lost the horizon, we can't see above it. Father, I pray your grace to help us now in these moments just to stop and turn around and go back to the ancient past, go back to the first love, Jesus. And so, Father, my prayer is as we've shared together, as we listen together, let us hear your voice calling us home back into the Father's love. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.